0: Um, this morning we're going to talk about um, spiritual gifts, and that's very much related to not only the individual, but also the, the group or the body as the, I mean, that's the way the body refers to us, or the Bible refers to us as a family, but the, a body um, with, with members having different parts of the body. They're, they're different, and they have different jobs, and they're equally important. And you realize that, as Paul uses that metaphor, in very ordinary, normal, everyday life. Let me tell you how I found that out or was reminded of that just yesterday. Just yesterday, we were in um, the ER because uh, our son, he like broke his finger. I realized he he broke his finger. Yeah, he was like, you know what? It's my birthday weekend. I want to get crazy. Crazy. So we went outside looking for a fight with a wild, ravenous coyote. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this a day to remember. No, he didn't do that. It wasn't that cool or awesome. He actually was playing dodgeball at Sky Zone. And when I say the word Sky Zone, you probably, there's all these injuries that come to mind because that's definitely a place where people get injured. I know you are a nurse, you probably have seen some Sky Zone injuries in the ER. Fortunately, by God's grace, it wasn't an ankle because that's like huge, right? This was his his pinky. So Abram comes off the dodgeball core and he's like, Is my finger supposed to be like this? And it wasn't like totally like this. It was actually like this. No, no. It wasn't like that. It was just like minorly like offset, you might say. And then I remember like I wanted to grab it and like place it. Anyone let me? So then he tried to do it himself and he went pale white. Pale white. That sigh of I might be going into shock. I hope someone catches me. And he sits down. He's totally fine. But you know what? It's painful. It's a painful reminder of how important every part of your body is. The eye. If you hurt your eye and you have to wear a thing over a patch and you can't see, it's a drag. If you if you you know you do something to your ear and hurt it, it it's a, it's a drag. You get a cold and you can't smell anything or taste anything, and food just is no fun. It's a drag, and you notice. It's a really important part of your body. The nose, the eyes, your ears. You know, even if you hurt your little pinky, you find out it's super important. Like, how are you going to do Legos that afternoon if you don't have your pinky? Not very well, I'll tell you that. And he can testify to that. You can't do Legos. You can't really comb your hair very well. And if you want to take a shower, you got a problem. Like, like it's, it's just hard. Every part of your body matters. And one of the things I want you to see this morning as we look into the Word of God is that that we see no matter what part, what role that you play, number one, I hope that you would actually seek to understand what role you play in the body of Christ. And number two, that you would understand that your role is actually very significant and very important, and Paul actually makes an appeal to the church to understand the significance of each role, that they all matter, that yes, there are some more visible. Yes, there are some that are greater but they all matter. And as you seek to understand how God has wired you and fit you and given you gifts for his church, I hope you'd understand that your role matters Um, in service and not just for you, but for the body of Christ itself. That's functioning together, working together in perfect synergy somehow. And I'll tell you this, I'll make an appeal. I'll get preachy just for a moment, even though this can be very instructive as we looked at this. That when one of us is not fulfilling our role, we can feel it. The church feels it. Because I will make an appeal to you in this regard as well, is that God actually sovereignly places us in the body for His purpose and for His glory. There's implications if He does that for, for us not being present. If we're not present or a part of, that, of the body, the, church, the body feels it. And so I want you to turn, uh, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, First Corinthians chapter 12. We're going we're to take a look at 13 and 14 briefly, but it, most of our time is going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So while you're going there, I, I'm going to actually do something. We're going to skip to another chapter. It's the next chapter, and we're going to start in 13 first, and then we're going to back up and go to, to chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. If you're having a hard time finding it, just go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's after Romans and first Corinthians. First Corinthians. One of the um, very first questions I think that we might ask is this. Are spiritual gifts for today. You know, um, I don't know what your experience in church has been, but I, I want to be really like um, honest with a personal story of growing up and a church experience I had that was that kind of weirded me out. And maybe it's something that you've experienced as well. I don't know. So, in answering the question, our spiritual gifts for today, I want to start by just addressing a, my own experience with with uh, supernatural gifts. When I was going to a, um, uh, when I was a very young person, and if you identify, well then great. And if you don't, that's okay too. But hang in there, Let, give me time to explain. When I was about eight years old, um, I was with my, my family, I won't say who it, who it was for their benefit, and you don't need to know, but one of them was my mom, we were there with some, some family, And, um, I was hanging out with some cousins in another room and all of a sudden, um, it was the evening time and I didn't realize it. I was a really young person that somehow my, my, my family had invited my mom over for like a special prayer meeting of some sort. And what I began to hear in the room next door was a language that I did not understand. And it was also a language that neither of them understood coming from like an aunt and later i remember i remember like being kind of like what 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 was that like what was that about you know all these questions and i asked my mom about what had happened and she explained my mom had a, a very long uh she's was, she's was christian she had a lot she had some you know a lot of theology in her background she went to bible college and that wasn't her tribe that she had she had hung out with as a kid so that was really like new for her and it kind of like threw her off a little bit and she said you know it was an interesting experience, you know. I, you know, this person started speaking in tongues in unintelligible language. Now, I want to ask you, like, what? In the, what is that? And does Paul talk about that? Well, let me tell you this: that, that Paul does talk about that. And you know what? We will, everything is fair game. We want to address everything the Bible talks about. And we want to be as, we want to be as biblical as we can. We want to give it our best shot. I imagine everyone in this room wants to be as biblical as they possibly can. And where they are in error, they want to be corrected. Well, for the most part, we want to be corrected, right? Sometimes it's kind of tough. But but let me just start by asking, so that was my personal experience with a, a, a tribe, a, a Christian tribe that wasn't my own, and my mom answering some questions and kind of wrestling with, what in the world was this? I don't get it, because that's not what church looks like on Sunday when we go to church. You know, there was sermon, singing, you leave, Jesus isn't talked about very much at home, if at all, quite honestly. So... Um, are the gifts for today. Now that's just one example of one of the gifts that is actually mentioned in the Bible and I, to answer that I want to look at first Corinthians chapter 13 first. Because 1 Corinthians actually addresses this very issue. It's a theological issue. Now I want you to understand that there are uh there are two extreme tribes. One tribe says that the spiritual the um the miraculous gifts have ceased. Have radically ceased. They were for a different time, and another tribe uh, would say, "No, no, no! They are totally here for today." Okay, um, and uh, and that that'll be in your more like uh, Pentecostal charismatic movement type church. Now, now, like, so these are very, like, opposed to each other. However, we are both Christians. I want you to understand that. We're both Christians with some different um, interpretations of this issue of, of the miraculous gifts and spiritual gifts in general. Okay? That being said, we still need to ask the question, are the gifts for today? And we need to look at it biblically and theologically and answer the question and then be ready for whatever the ramifications are. Now, normally, because of my background, which I typically went to churches that were more like the gifts had ceased, and it's not much of a discussion, I wasn't going to a church like this that was more like, no, 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 they are. Um, Therefore, I, in my tradition, have typically been more suspicious. Just like uh, the meeting, the prayer meeting I went to, and I hear people singing in a different language, or praying, and I didn't understand. I couldn't understand it. And I become I'm more suspicious. And so I have a, I have like lots of questions. Like, should we be suspicious? Does the Bible address this? So let's start with the first question. Does it even exist for today? Look, let me let me point you to the text that, that addresses this, and I'm gonna tell you where, where I stand with this, and then we'll move on. Now the short answer is this that I'm 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 like really open, but I'm I'm a little suspicious but I want to slap the suspicion out of me. Does that make sense? I'm open, but I want to slap the suspicion out of me. So I want, I'm like cautious. Now there's actually a ther- theological position called open but cautious. One of my favorite professors wrote it. It was Robert Sosey at Talbot School of Theology. He's now passed. He was a good and godly man. He tended to be more on the cautious part of the open, but he wrote a whole book about it. And he's a really great guy and resource for further discussion and to look at it. But if you look at chapter 13, uh, let me just read this to you. If if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, this is coming right after 12 because he addresses um, gifts, um, and one of those gifts is tongues in particular, but have not love... I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Now you've heard this in weddings, right? But I want to get to the heart of what it talks about in a second. You'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm going to hear this a little differently nowadays. Love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Dude, so much to learn about love. Oh my goodness, who got an F this week in love by just looking at those few words, right? It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecy, prophecies, they will pass away. Now that's very important. They will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. Can we just define prophecy as maybe some sort of spontaneous word from God? Uh, prophecy is something that has the potential to be in error. It is not thus says the Lord, like a prophet you're thinking of in the Old Testament. Someone, If someone were to speak because they sense that God is saying, hey, I want you to say this to this brother, this sister. If someone is in tune with what God is saying, if they have some gift of prophecy, then they're going to utter somehow what God wants. But they might also be in error as well. There's room for error. It's not without error, is what I'm saying. Okay? Now, some take prophecy to mean just like preaching, teaching, pastor type of gift. All right? And I would say this, that the teaching, preaching pastor should pray for the gift of prophecy to say what it is that God is revealing. But also... A sermon is not the word of God. You realize that, right? This is the word of God. A sermon is what I say about the word of God. Do you see the difference? I am fallible. God is not. Okay. So it says, um, as for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part But this is important. Listen to this right here. And this is why I'm saying this is instructive. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. What is the perfect? I'm not asking for an answer right now. I want you to answer that question. What is the perfect? The perfect is Jesus. The perfect is Jesus. It's not this. This is the word of God. Yes, Jesus is the perfect. Listen to what it says. When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Now you've got to understand, when is Paul writing this? This is after the crucif- crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection of Christ. He has left. He's gone to the Father's throne. He will, We know that he will return again one day, right? He will come. But, and so he's saying that the, these gifts... Will remain until he comes, is what he's saying. Do you see that? But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Now, some interpret the perfect as the Bible. That the word, because the word is uh, in the original autographs, it is without error. And we totally believe that. That the Bible and the original autographs are without error. Um, But let me tell you something. That's not the perfect that Paul is talking about. The perfect is Jesus. And let me show you why. As the words get unraveled here, the next few verses, listen. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Who do we see in a mirror dimly? It's Jesus. We look to Jesus, but we see him in a mirror dimly right now. Do we see Him as He fully is? No, not we, no, we do not. We do not and cannot. His, he, has, he has sent His Holy Spirit to come be among us. In fact, He says that, doesn't He? He leaves so that He can send the Spirit to dwell with us. But Jesus we see in a mirror dimly. But then, listen to what it says, but then, that's a future tense, we will see Him face to face. When will we see Jesus face to face when he returns? And right now we do not see Jesus face to face, do we? Now I know in part, then in the future, I should point this way, then I shall know fully, which I do not know him fully right now, but I will then in the future, I will know him fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. I told you you might look at this text a little bit differently. Is it about love? It absolutely is. But does it address a coming of, the G- of Jesus? Yes, it does. The perfect. And what he's saying is that these love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will pass away. But they're not passed yet. Theologically, biblically, looking at this is the passage that we have to look to. This is it. Now, now, uh, on, a, on a, the extreme model would be cessationist, right? Cessationism, which would say the gifts, the, geese, the gifts, the gifts, the gifs, the gifs. That's different. That's like a weird image. The 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 gifts have ceased. Um, and I'm saying, you know what? If we're honest with the text, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. And I don't want us to miss out on God's blessing because we get too much in here. You realize. Like those of you that like went to school and you're like nerdy, like the enlightenment has had ramifications so that now as Christians, a lot of times the way we think of, of our relationship with God is, Hey, I'm, I'm Trinitarian, but, and I believe in the father, son, and the Holy Bible instead of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. God is personal. God is not wooden and impersonal. God is Personal. And he knows you and he wants to know you and he wants you to be in relationship with him and listen to him and listen to what he has to say to you and not to push him off in the corner and to ignore him and to just be in your own head and to, because I'm rational and I'm a thinking creature, it's all on me. It is not all on us. We have a personal God who wants to interact with us. And how can we, how can we listen if we are so in our heads? So I say that because, Hey, look as Westerners, dude, we are in our heads, brothers and sisters we are in our heads we we figure out things like 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 i can do it myself i don't need anyone else i mean that's why like you know the secularists around us say i don't need god all i need is me like that's why they say that cuz we act well, cuz it's prideful and arrogant but we really think we don't need god and how horrible is it that even christians even dear precious brothers and sisters sometimes fall into that same type of trap so i tell you this that the gifts have not ceased So let me ask you this, where do the gifts come from? It's so simple, right? We're going to back up now to 1 Corinthians 12. If you look at 4 and 6, where do they come from? And the gifts come from God himself. Look at 12, 4 through 6. Now there are varieties of gifts, Paul says, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who what? Who empowers them all in everyone, meaning Christians. He's talking about Christians. He empowers them in Christians, in believers in Him. And then, it, so let's just pause there. So, where do they come from? They come from God. Brothers and sisters, do you realize the implications of Him appointing gifts? What happens if we live a life and we're not tied in Christian community? If we are not tied in Christian community, if we are not continually in Christian community and we call ourselves a Christian, we, by implication, rob the people of God of the gifts that God has bestowed on us to be used in the local body. We rob God. And we rob the church. We need each other. I need you and you need me. Because church, church is a family. The church is God's way of reaching the world. The church, this is how God does it. Man, we live in an age where, like, it's, man, we just only need us. And I'm telling you, like, we need each other more than ever. Question number two, what are the gifts for? And God, let me just tell you this, God, give, it's such an easy answer, God gives these gifts for the common good. God gives these gifts for the common good of His people. Now, now listen to the Word of God. If you start in verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this, and there's going to be an entire list of how the good is passed on to the people of God. It says this, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what, that's what God's Word says. To one is given through the Spirit um, the utterance of wisdom. Number one, wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. Number two, knowledge. According to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Faith. Do you realize he's not just talking about us coming to faith there? That he's copying about talking about the reality that God bestows with some believers a greater capacity for faith. Imagine our dear, precious brothers and sisters who are being slain right now in the Middle East, beheaded because they love Jesus, and the records are saying that they're singing and crying out to God and saying, I see Jesus. Where do you think that comes from? Greater levels of faith that God has bestowed on them. Isn't that amazing? Because in my flesh, I'll tell you what I think, I think fight back and start slaying some people. But by their great faith, they cry out to God and say, O God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's because of a greater faith that is bestowed on them. Uh, To another, the working of miracles. Did I skip one? Uh, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, or to have great and powerful discernment. Do, do you know anyone who has like real, a real strength and discernment? They say, well, "I don't know if we should do that." Something tells me something's up. I don't know if I believe that person. You're like, "What? No, no, totally." Believe. No, no, no. Like, uh, some, uh, there's there's something wrong. And right, and, you there there are some of you here that just have way more powerful gift of discernment than than I will ever have. Because want why? Because God gives it for his family. Now, now I'm gonna go on and list more of these. There's there's prophecy distinguishing between spirits um and various tongues, he says. Now I now I should say this that, that Paul gives a great a, a really interesting order to this whole issue of tongues if you read uh twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. And I just want to be really clear that like okay, look, I told you I was in a setting where someone kind of like had this like outburst of tongues, and it was really i was just confused and not encouraged, not edified, but somehow, this is not in my tradition, but somehow actually that should be able to work in some setting. Paul says that this is mainly for like like your personal prayer language it's about, the Bible talks about that first corinthians fourteen it totally does he talks about as being like you know unintelligible. He makes a case for, hey, you know what? Body, when you come together, church, when you come together as a family, you probably should be really careful when you do this because when outsiders come, they're going to be like, what the heck's going on? They're going to be like, what are they saying? And he said, I'd rather say one intelligent word, just one, so that people can understand and be edified. But, he's, but they exist. There's even a gift for interpreting tongues. Now, I don't have the spiritual gift of tongues nor of interpreting tongues. And I told you I'm trying to slap out of the, the sort of the enlightenment age in my heart and in my head. But I think, the, but the, the, I know the Bible says that it, that it still exists for today. And you know, here, here's my desire for, for branches, that we be a people that are listening to the Holy Spirit you might be here today, and you might have all kinds of, of questions about this, and there's some books you can read. You can read, read Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. You want a starting point? You want, you want to address some of these really hard issues? A great starting point is Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. You want me to tell you about that later? I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll email it to you. I'll give you the info. It's an awesome book. You can get at In Christ Books down the street from here. But I want us to be a people who are listening to the Holy Spirit. That we don't cry out, hey, I'm I'm Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Or Father, Son, and Holy Brain. That we cry out, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we listen to what He has to say. That we're sensitive to what the Spirit has to say and how He directs us. You might be here today and might be wrestling with some things that God is like putting on your heart, and you might not know how to listen to Him. It might be direction of life type stuff. It might be like some sin stuff. It, It might be a number of different things of God, what do I do with this? How do I how do I how do I listen to you to this? And I'm going to tell you later today, later just in a little bit what I'm going to I'm going to give you the opportunity to come forward and we we just want to pray for you. I'm going to have a couple people join me and if you if you're if you're sick, we're not promising that you'll be healed. But if you are sick, we want to pray for you. If you have an illness that's been just terrorizing your life and you don't know what to do about it because we believe the Bible and we believe God that can heal when He pleases, when God pleases. It's not by any authority or power by us, but it's God. God who saves, God who heals. And if He wants to heal you, then He can heal you. You might be struggling with, hey, just a future, you know, hey, I want God, I want to be used by God and I don't know what it's going to look like. And it might be agony for you. And we want you to come forward. We want to be able to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to be a people that listen to the Holy Spirit, lay hands on you, and pray for you. And know that our God in heaven is personal, and He can guide you and lead you. Dude, these gifts are meant to be used for the edification of the body. And and secondly, what I want for you is you, you to be able to discern what kind of gifts that you have. You know, there's another list that Paul lays out here, which is one of of them is is the the gift of helps. And you might say to yourself, well, that doesn't sound like a very sexy gift. My gift is helps. But are you serious? It is sexy. It is so needed. You know, your pinky isn't the sexy part of your body. And I'll tell you what, you need it. You need it. Try doing stuff with just those fingers. Try to do it without your thumb. The thumb is not the sexy part of the body. But you need it to grasp stuff and do things. Have you ever had people ask you that question, hey, what would you rather have? If you had to pick one or the other, eyes or hearing. Doesn't that just sound impossible to decide? Imagine a lifetime without hearing music. The beauty of, I mean, just name your favorite band. And there's a lot of music you don't even know about that would just like make your ears sing and your heart, your heart cry out in in joy to God. Imagine if you went without sight and you could not gaze upon the glory of the Grand Canyon and all of its splendor and magnificence and mind blowing eye appeal and color and depth. Or, to look into the night sky and to see bright stars or planets that are massive when you're in the desert, looking into that sky, going, This is far more amazing than I ever could imagine coming out of the city. I didn't even know it looked like this. They're both, so essential. Listen to what Paul says the gifts really matter so god gives God gives these gifts, every gift member matters. Uh, look at fourteen twelve fourteen through seventeen. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, um, that would not make make it any less a part of the body. And of the ear should say, because I am, I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But if it is but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. God chose your gift. You might be here today and wondering like, what is my spiritual gift? I don't even know. I don't even have a clue to know where to start. Can I tell you that today we'd love to just pray for you? And uh, and we're going to ask you in just a little bit to come forward. And I know you can. You know what? The temptation is going to be fear. And I don't know. You might be here today and go. You know, I just, I don't even know if I'm a Christian, bro. I just don't even know. You want to talk about that? Well, we want to talk to you about. It, but we won't even pray for you, and help answer that question for you. Every single gift gift matters here's what I'm going to do. I'm not I'm not going to I I'm going to stop right there.